Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. We have a fun one. Beer, musicians, performers, a kid's area, petting zoo, hillbilly horseshoes, and pie-eating contests are just a few of the happenings at the upcoming 5th Annual Fest in the West on Saturday, November 6th. Here to tell us all about it is Festival Director Lindsay Chester. Welcome, Lindsay. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, listen, we want to talk about this Fest in the West. Let's start with some of the history. Like, how did this all get started? Um, well, it started with me talking to the town of Cary when I was a member of the Parks and Rec uh, Boards and Commissions back in 2015. Um, we had run successfully an event called the Cary Scavenger Hunt for several years. And in my travels doing that event, which took contestants all across the town, I would be out in Western Cary, which is um, all the development that's happening west of NC-55. And um, those folks that lived out there were feeling a little ignored um, that most of the activities in Cary happened in downtown and their area was growing so fast. And so I started to talk with the head of Parks and Rec, Doug McRaney, about trying to bring an event out to them. Uh, and so in 2016, we had an event, actually I partnered first with um, a shopping center out there called Parkside Town Commons. And it was kind of a proof of concept. The event was very popular. We had several thousand folks come out to that event. And um, with that result of that event being so successful, we then had more serious talks with the town and they wanted to partner with us to create an event that was specifically and especially for people living west of NC-55 in the newer um, sections of Cary. And of course, Apex and Holly Springs, people of course can, can come as well. But the event was geared towards so many new residents um, moving to that side of Cary. Well, that's really something that you took that upon yourself to uh, propel that. That's great. For years, I have volunteered um, being on different boards and commissions with the town. I've been on the Cultural Arts Committee for six years. Um, I've been on COCA Booth uh, Advisory Board. And um, I've volunteered for so many of the town's events, um, specifically Lazy Days and Spring Days. So I had a lot of experience in how these events run, what's um, needed to make an event successful in terms of the planning, the volunteers, the way you load in and out booths. So I really felt um, that I was capable of doing it. And, um, and I guess the town, town thought so too. Um, and so now we're in our fifth year of actually having it. Of course, last year was canceled. So it, technically this would have been our sixth year, but um, yeah, we're, we're excited to be able to do it again this year. And now you've morphed from that shopping center in 2016 to the USA baseball national training complex. Yes, yes. And that is a great location. Um, when we were proposing the event with the town, um, we took a, a, 
a ride all around to all the parks that are located in West Cary, um, looking for what would be the ideal location. And the shopping center was actually a good location. It just presents some challenges with um, possible conflicts in terms of shopping. And it, it, there was some, um, I would say, some, some interesting things that had to happen in the shopping center that when you're in your own field and your own footprint, you can you know, basically do what you would like to do in terms of the layout. Um, and so when we were doing our scouting, what we discovered with USA Baseball is they have this wonderful big field um, that's in the front of the actual baseball complex itself. And it really lends itself to a very green look because we're all on grass. Um, it's the wonderful big rectangle. So you can put things right where you need them and everybody has line of sight for the whole festival. Mm. Um, and there's tons of parking. And that is a big advantage over many sites, um, almost anywhere in town, actually, because there's more than 500 parking spaces that we can use. And that's even with taking one of their uh, parking areas for our food trucks. So um, it makes parking easy for people to come. And it's also located right near many neighborhoods and people can walk and bike there. Um, so that's a huge advantage over some sites where maybe you'd have to have um, shuttle buses running, running back and forth to get people in and out of the event. Oh, yeah, that's always a plus when you have the parking <laughs> taken care of. How many people do you anticipate coming? Um, probably about 5,000. Um, it is really difficult to predict with, um, with how events are these days. Um, if your event is just going to be, you know, huge, or if it's going to be the same as it was in the past, but, um, we did have in 2019, it was our largest event and it was predicted that it was about 5,000 attendees. Um, I will say I did just produce an event two weeks ago called the Farmers Fall Festival that was in downtown Cary, and we were very surprised at how um, how many people did come out to the event. Um, it was and there's not great parking in downtown Cary right now, so um, people found parking and they came, and we know there was at least five thousand people there throughout that particular mm -hmm. six hour event. So um, so we we do anticipate a crowd <laughs> mm -hmm. and we're trying and we're trying to plan for it as well. So, well, you know, um, people they're itching to get out, you know, this whole COVID thing, um, you know, and to bring these fall festivals, like you said, last year, Fest in the West was canceled. Any particular COVID restrictions or precautions or anything that you're looking at with this year's event? We met with the town of Cary last week, and um, while COVID numbers are going down in our area, the town does want everyone to be as safe as possible. Um, there are no mask mandates outdoors at events, but the town is asking us to have vendors be masked in the high touch areas, which would be um, my kids' corral, where we have, you know, craft tables and activities for children and games. Um, so we'll be um, visiting what we need to do. But at this point, we're requesting that volunteers and vendors in the kids areas wear masks and um, anyone who feels that they should wear a mask or if they're not vaccinated or in um, any kind of compromised health situation to come wearing a mask. 
we will also have masks free and available for all attendees and for anyone who would like one. And then in um, my beer garden and my food truck area, all the seating will have hand sanitizer bottles on all the tables. We will be putting hand sanitizer at all of my stage areas and throughout the kids area, especially because that's just, you know, kids aren't vaccinated in that way. They'll feel safer there. Um, and then we'll be wiping down all of our contest um, areas uh, in between, you know, uh, participants. So we're we're making that safety plan right now. We're going to be spreading our booths out a little bit further than they have been in the past. I'm sure um, you've seen the way festivals used to be. Booths are lined up right next to each other. And we will be placing them two feet apart. And we will also be putting um, distancing um uh, it's like a rope on the ground where you mark off every six feet for any areas where people may be um, getting closer than comfortable. So we'll be having those um, visual distancing markers out, especially in the kids area. Before we get into some of these details that you mentioned, I want to let our listeners know the good news, everybody. This is a free, even face painting, which is never free. So... We like to have the event be accessible for all. And, um, you know, my kids are grown now, but I remember when they were little, I was always looking for events that I could take them to that it wouldn't cost me an arm and a leg if I was mm -hmm. deciding to bring their friends with them. And so it's free admission. The kids corral is what we call our kids zone is all the activities there are free. Um, really, if people want to spend money, of course, there's the food truck rodeo um, where there's food trucks. Um, and of course, we have um, six local beer and cider and wine vendors, so people can uh, purchase that if they wish. Um, and of course, we have a full area of arts and crafts vendors, and our, uh, our event is timed well to be close to Christmas if people are starting to think mm -hmm. about holiday gifts. So, so those areas, of course, like any event, people would be bringing cash to spend, but for any of the contests, any of the you know, fun kids' activities, those are free. So let's talk about the contest that you mentioned. This is a new one for me. Hillbilly Horseshoes. <laughs> Come on, Lindsay. It's super fun. <sighs> um, we, we created that, like it was on a whim. We were like, yeah, let's have people throw toilet seats. And I did some <laughs> research about it. And this will be the fifth year that people will be doing that. We actually get um, toilet seats donated from Habitat for Humanity. And we clean, obviously we clean them and then we actually paint them in two colors, um, red and green, which are kind of the theme colors of the event is gold, red and green. And so one team member will be throwing red horseshoes and toilet seat <laughs> covers and another team member will be throwing blue. We do a um, bracketed play. People sign up in advance and we, um, you know, you play two people play the winner of that then plays the winner of the next contest and they play for the highest score. And it's just fun. Um, people gather around and watch and then the winner wins a cute trophy, which um, I created that is a toilet bowl with <laughs> with the name of the event and that the person won first place. And it's just really fun. It sounds um, like fun. It felt, and, you know, I want to ask you when when you all were coming up with the idea. I mean, were you at a beer tent, Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> we 
weren't, but it's located very close to the beer garden. <laughs> it would have <laughs> to be. <laughs> we we have some really fun volunteers and sponsors who help us um, get contestants signed up. So that's part of the fun too, is the lead up to the event. People can be practicing throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's set up the whole day. And so sometimes um, before the event, people are just kind of tossing around um, some of the seat covers. And then afterwards, if people want to play with it, it's it's out. Well, another fun competition is the pie eating contest. And I understand you have a past champion looking to defend his title. This guy's name is Brian Jodas. And um, he has been out to several festivals. He comes dressed in red, white, and blue. He looks like Mr. America. <laughs> and um, and he's just really fun. He brings a lot of friends with him as well who cheer him on. Um, so, yeah, so we, we um, usually have a dozen pies that are donated from Publix uh, Supermarkets, who was one of our sponsors. And they, um, we line them up on, on a bunch of tables up on a raised platform. We get people to compete. Sometimes there's a few women involved as well. That's good. And, um, we get a big crowd to gather and then we, um, we have people judging to make sure that folks, you know, really finish when they say they're finished and they have to try to eat as fast as possible. Um, it's, um, I'm not sure what pie flavor we're going to use this year. It's been blueberry and lemon meringue in the past, which are good and messy, which makes it really fun. <laughs> and, what is um, his have- title? What, how many pies has he eaten in the past that won him the title? Um, well, you just have to eat it as fast as possible. It's not mm-hmm. as many pies. It's mm-hmm. as fast as you can. So he, I've seen him win, I think, four different contests. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he, he comes as the champ and we, you know, we highlight him because we now know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, we just we we do a countdown. Everyone in the audience gathers around. And then what they have to do is eat the entire inside of the pie. They don't need to eat the bottom of the pie um, pie shell, but they do have to eat all the filling and they raise their hand when they're finished. And then we, you know, we judge and we declare a winner. Um, and we did just have a pie eating contest at a festival two weeks ago and um, Brian lost by just a little bit. So he's going to be coming really ready to win <laughs> because he, <laughs> he did not win this last one. Whoa. So um, Challenge yeah. has been, uh, uh, has, yeah, the gauntlet's been thrown <laughs> <that's> down. <right. laughs> so, and you have cornhole and so forth. What kind of prizes are given for these competitions? We do trophies. So it's mostly bragging rights and trophies. So we have our trophies, um, all ready to go and, um, we're starting to promote like promote the contest with the trophies and, and announcing the past winners and, that's and fun. whatnot. That's fine. Yeah. So, so that's what we do. Yeah. It's not really like, um, you know, prizes like tickets to anything, especially because you don't know who's going to win and then if they can even take advantage of the tickets. So the trophy is just fun. It makes for a great photo op mm-hmm. and, um, we put that, we bring them up on stage and they can say a little something if they want and we take photos. So, yeah. Well, bragging rights is always a plus. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good trophy in itself. So now oh, yeah. let's see, we've, we've touched a little bit on the kids entertainment, the kids corral with magicians, face painters, bounce house crafts. There's a petting zoo with all kinds of animals. That's right. And, yeah. The petting uh, zoo is really fun. Um, they bring uh, llamas and a, a pygmy pony and chickens and rabbits. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes there's a, a 
miniature donkey. So it kind of depends on what animals they have available, but there's always a llama and an alpaca. And one of them a lot of times is, is dyed a bright pink. <laughs> They'll put cowboy hats on them so that they were with the theme. Um, it's a great little farm. It's called shaky tail farm that comes and uh, they do a great job that there will be hand sanitizer and a separate hand washing station right there. So we keep safety first as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now I have to tell you, and I'm going to tell you my two favorite things. My, my second favorite is arts and crafts. So you have a village of arts and crafts in the area. Mm -hmm. What kind of shopping can I do? (laughs) Well, we have a couple folks who um, specifically do holiday wreaths, which are gorgeous. Um, And so that's going to be great timing for people as they get ready for the holidays. Um, there's folks that do, um, I'm trying to think now, painting, obviously, graphic design. Um, Wildside Tie Dyes has an amazing booth of great tie dye clothing and uh, kids' wear. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. You've got me on the spot there. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let me jump to this. I think it's yeah. cool that some of the artists will be demonstrating their craft for us to yes. kind of peek into the creative process. Yeah, a lot, a lot of artists that do these festivals like to actually make their, you know, make some of their craft on site because they're, they're filling back up what they need to be selling. So it's a great way for them to pass the time. And it's a great way for people who are interested in arts and crafts to kind of see the process. So yeah, it's hard to know who's going to be doing that. A lot of times we'll have a potter demonstrate um, or we'll have people that do like um, handcrafts, like sewing things that are sewn or quilting. So um, those folks like to demonstrate. Um, we've had a printer in the past who would demonstrate his um, screen printing. So it just depends on on who decides that they're going to actually be making the crafts on site. But mm-hmm. that is usually very popular. Mm-hmm. Very it. It's very interesting to see. I mean, I have no talent in this area, so I'm always <laughs> amazed what people can do. Now, yep. I told you that's my second favorite. My first favorite part of the fest, or really anything, <laughs> as my <laughs> listeners will already know, is the food. What are we looking uh, at here? Oh, we have a lot of great food. We have... Um, Let's see. Uh, Beefy Buns is actually a brisket. They make brisket. They're really good. Um, Gussie's Greek has awesome Greek food. So that's, you know, all Mediterranean type food. So there's some vegetarian options with them for folks that, um, you know, are vegan or vegetarian. We have uh, Cousins Maine Lobster is coming. So they're a very popular truck. We have Pedal to the Kettle, so they'll be making kettle corn on site, which is amazing. Um, we it always magnific- smells so good when you're at a festival and you smell that popcorn. It does. It does. And they make all different flavored uh, kettle corns, too. And they do a big batch that they're making and bagging right there um, so people can watch that be made, which is fun. Um, we have Magnificent Concessions, and they do um, uh, funnel cakes, and they have, like, fruit toppings for those, which I've never seen before. So they have, mm. like, apples and blueberry mm. topping that can be put on that, which is really good. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Happy there. You're making me too hungry. <laughs> too hungry. Uh, but you know what? We need to tell folks where they can go for information and how to get, you know, get out to this fest in the West. 
Sure. So um, the website is www.festinthewest.com. All the information is there. All our vendors are listed on there. So if people want to find out more about any of the food vendors or the beer vendors or the craft vendors, everything is linked so they can go to people's websites. Um, and we also, of course, have a Facebook event page, um, which is just Fest in the West, you know, um, through actually on Carrie Citizen's uh, Facebook page, which Carrie Citizen is part of Good Tree and Company. We're a publisher and uh, we're the ones that run the event. So they can find it either way um, there. And also we're posting on Instagram through Carrie Citizen as well. So there's a lot of information out there. They can also look for the hashtag Fest in the West. And, and if they search a hashtag, it'll come up as well. Good, good, good. I'm glad you got that info out there. And thank you so much for being so involved in the community and offering these great treats all, all oh, the time. Wow, it's really something. It's a lot of work. So thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. And we're really excited to have the event after two and a half years. Um, it's time to have some fun. So as you know, we feature a nonprofit organization at the end of each show and this nonprofit spotlight is on the Center for Volunteer Caregiving which helps older adults and adults with disabilities in Wake County live independently for as long as possible their trained volunteers provide friendly visits light housekeeping escorted transportation to medical appointments and food stores, shopping services for people who cannot leave their home, telephone check-ins, and caregiver respite. To learn more or get involved, go to volunteercaregiving.org. Volunteercaregiving.org. And don't forget to support Special Olympics North Carolina by participating in the 11th annual Amberley Charity 5K on Saturday, October 30th at 9 a.m. There will be a 1, 3, and 5-mile race options, both in-person and virtual. Registration is now open. Go to AmberleyCharity5K.com. Amberley Charity 5k.com. Now time for our Carrie 150th anniversary spotlight. Carrie is hosting an art contest for grades 6 through 10. So if you like to create art, you can submit a piece centering around the theme of past, present, or future of Carrie to help celebrate the anniversary. Lots of prizes, including a new tablet and the artworks will be showcased. Deadline is October 30th. For more info, go to carry150.org, carry150.org. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be a positive force.